We will be reading Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23-40. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents, because they saw that the child was beautiful, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. By faith the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient, because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goat, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Amen. Well, these days, it seems like there are dozens of talent shows on TV, and most of these talent shows have people on them who think that they can sing. Sometimes I wish the people who go on these shows would give a little bit more thought to whether or not they can actually sing. Because when I listen to some people sing on these talent shows, it's just embarrassing. It's painful. It's awful. Often one of the judges will ring a loud buzzer to put an end to a particular performance. The buzzer will say loud and clear to everyone, please make it stop. We don't want to hear you sing anymore. I wish that before they had gone on the particular show, the so-called singer would have asked himself or herself the question, how do I know if I can really sing? One of the telltale signs that you can sing is that people actually enjoy listening to you sing. 
If you start singing and people leave the room or people put their fingers in their ears or they start screaming, that's a pretty good sign that you can't really sing. In Hebrews 11, we've been reading about people of faith. The author has been telling his readers about the importance of faith in Christ. Tells them that they need to keep their faith. They need to persevere in faith until the end. Some of you here today might wonder if you yourself are a person of faith. And so this morning, I'd like for us to look at the end of Hebrews 11, and I'd like for us to ask and answer a question that is far more important than the question, how do I know if I can sing? Instead, I want you to ask yourself, how do I know if I really have faith in Christ? So let's look at four signs today that you do indeed have faith in Christ. First of all, you have faith if you value Jesus more than you value the world. In Hebrews eleven twenty three through 28, we read about the faith of Moses and his parents. Moses' parents were Jewish slaves living in Egypt. At the time of Moses' birth, the king gave a command to take all of the Jewish boys that were born and to kill them. The king, Pharaoh, was afraid of the growing power of the Jewish slaves, and so he wanted to wipe out the next generation of Jews. Well, Pharaoh may have been afraid of the Jews, but Moses' parents were not afraid of Pharaoh. We see that in verse 23. Moses' parents hid their son until he was found by Pharaoh's daughter in in a basket in the Nile River. And Pharaoh's daughter then took Moses home to be with herself, to raise him as her son. Egypt was the most powerful and the wealthiest nation on earth in Moses' day. And so as Pharaoh's adopted grandson, Moses had access to prestige, to status, and to incredible wealth. Moses had everything that the world says that you should want— But even though Moses had it all, what did Moses do? Moses said no to the world by faith. Instead of choosing to be identified as the grandson, Moses chose to be identified as a Jew. Why? Why would anyone turn down all that the world has to offer? We find one reason in verse 25. Moses, it says, chose to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Moses believed that the pleasures of the world are fleeting. Those pleasures pass away quickly. Those pleasures are simply temporary. The world promises a lot, but it delivers little. Have you discovered this for yourself? Do you see that the world cannot satisfy like it promises? Well, if the world's promises are empty, Moses found someone who actually does satisfy. We read of this person in verse 26. Moses considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. This is a remarkable verse. 
It's remarkable because there was nothing really said of the Christ in Moses' story. So what does the author mean? He means that Moses suffered the same rejection that Jesus the Christ suffered during his life. What happened to Moses then foreshadowed what would happen to Jesus, our Messiah. Moses could have remained with a godless people. He could have enjoyed all of the wealth of Egypt if he had chosen to do so. But by faith, Moses came to realize that the abuse suffered from the Egyptians that would be similar to the abuse suffered by Jesus from the Romans was of greater value than what Egypt had to offer him. Jesus then was greater than Moses. He was greater for Moses, actually. Moses saw that he was greater. What Jesus had to offer Moses was far more valuable to him than what Egypt had to offer him. Moses believed then that the real treasure and the real pleasure was found in Jesus. All of us as human beings are pleasure seekers. We all are hungry for joy. We want to be happy. Moses believed that he, if he chose to suffer with Christ, we would have more pleasure in him than we're anywhere else in the world. So how do we know if we are walking by faith? If you defeat the pleasures of sin with the promise of a superior pleasure in Jesus, you are walking by faith. Church, do you value Jesus more than anything else in the world? Is Jesus your greatest treasure? Do you pursue Jesus more than you pursue the things of this world? If you do, that is a sign that you have faith in Christ. It is a sign that you believe what Jesus said in Luke 17 and verse 33. Let's read that verse together. Whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will keep it. Sin is a temporary pleasure. Jesus, on the other hand, is an eternal pleasure treasure. If you have faith, you know the difference. If you have faith, Jesus is your treasure, and you are willing to let go of other treasures just so you can have the treasure of Jesus. And as a person of faith, the pleasures of sin are nothing to you. Well, you have faith as well if you believe when things don't make sense. In verses 29 through 31, we see three examples of God asking his people to do something that make no sense to us whatsoever. First, when Moses eventually led the Israelites out of Egypt, where did God lead the people? Verse 29 says that God led the people to a dead end. He led them straight to the Red Sea, where they had to stop. There was no place for them to go. The Egyptians were chasing after the Israelites at this time, and so the Israelites were very afraid. They were trapped, and it was God who had led them straight into this trap. 
I'm sure that many Israelites were asking themselves as they looked ahead of them to the Red Sea, and they looked behind them to the Egyptians chasing after them. They asked God this question, God, what are you doing? This makes no sense that you would lead us here. But then God did something else that made no sense. He parted the Red Sea so that the people could walk through it. The people of Israel crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned, according to verse 29. Now, when the author of Hebrews told this story, I'm sure he was trying to encourage his Hebrew readers. He was telling them, if you trust God in this scary time when you are being persecuted by the Roman government, you will be saved. You will be saved even if right now you don't see any way that you can be saved. You will be saved even if that does not make sense to you. Some of you need to hear that word today. Yes, you are afraid right now, and you should be afraid. But if for some inexplicable reason you find yourself trusting that God will deliver you, do you know what that means? It means that you have faith, and that is a good sign in your life. A second story of God asking his people to do something that makes no sense is found in verse 30. The Israelites had come to Jericho, a city that was protected behind this massive fort. But then God gave to Joshua a brilliant military strategy to defeat Jericho. We see the strategy in this picture I brought with me this morning. Israel was to march around the city of Jericho for six days. And then on the seventh day, Israel was to march around Jericho seven times. And then after all of that marching, the priests were to blow their trumpets, and the walls of the city were just going to collapse. And then Israel would be able to defeat the people of Jericho. Now, if you were Joshua, how would you have responded to this strategy? Um, could you run that by me one more time? I'm not really sure that I've read about this kind of a strategy in any of the military textbooks. But Joshua and the people of Israel, they had faith. They obeyed God's command, and they defeated the city of Jericho. They won the battle, even though God's plan did not make any sense. And a third story of God asking someone to do something that made no sense is found in the story of Rahab the prostitute in verse 31. Rahab was from Jericho. Rahab was behind those strong, fortified walls. And yet when she came across those Jewish spies who had snuck into the city, who did she bet her life on was going to win this battle? Did she bet on her own people behind this strong and mighty fortress? Or did she bet on the Israelites who had this brilliant strategy of marching around the city? She bet on Israel, of course. Why? 
because she had faith that the God who had defeated the mighty nation of Egypt through many miracles would also be able to defeat the town of Jericho. Now, at this point, some of you might have a question. Why does God ask us to do things that don't make sense? Is God out to get us in some ways? No, God is not against you. He is for you. But God's ways are not our ways. And when we trust in God, when we trust that God is doing things for us that make no sense to us, we show that we have faith. And when we do that, God also gets the glory. He gets the glory as our good and wise king who will do good for his children, even when we don't understand what he is doing. And God will grow our faith in him as we see him do good for us by working in ways that we don't understand. So how do I know if I have faith? I have faith if I trust God, even when I don't understand what he is doing. That is faith. You also have faith if you see God do mighty things through you. In verses 32 through 34, we read about people who accomplished miracles by God's great power. We read in verses 33 and 34 that through faith, these people conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Now, most of the people who are listed in verse 32 are people who won great victories in battle. Gideon, for example, took 300 people from Israel, and he defeated 120,000 people from Midian. 300 somehow was greater than 120,000. Samson also defeated many thousands of Philistines, by tearing down a building with his bare hands. And then King David, when he was a mere teenager, took on the giant Goliath, who had been a warrior for many years, and yet David defeated him, which led to a great victory on the part of Israel over the Philistines. Now you might think to yourself, wow, these people of faith in Hebrews 11 they did great things. They must have been perfect saints in order to do such miracles. But I want you to think again. I want you to think especially of the phrase in verse 34. They were made strong out of weakness. Do you remember some of the weaknesses and the sins of the people that are listed in verse 32? Gideon's faith was so weak that he had to ask God for a, a great sign before he would be prodded to move to fight against the Midianites. He asked God for a sign with a, a fleece that he put out before God, and he told God, I'm not going anywhere unless you show me a miracle. So Gideon acted even though his faith 
was very weak. Well, how about Samson? Samson was a man of many sexual infidelities, and he was a man who did a lot of stupid, impulsive things. And King David, you know his weaknesses. He was an adulterer. He was a murderer. But the author of Hebrews did not mention any of the weaknesses and sins of the people in Hebrews 11. Instead, he just writes about how these weak and sinful people trusted God. And God, through their faith, did many mighty miracles. Church, don't think you have to be perfect to be a person of faith. None of the people in Hebrews 11 were perfect. They were as weak and as sinful as any of the rest of us who are here today. And yet, because they trusted God, God did incredible miracles through them. Another thing that you might think as you read through this passage is that, you know, I I haven't seen God do any miracles through me. My life has been really, really ordinary. Maybe... I'm just not a person of faith. Well, again, I would ask you to think again about what God has done through you. I want you to think first about the power of your words of encouragement. Words are not just words. Words have the power to change someone's life. And I imagine if I looked back on some of your lives, I could see moments when you spoke to someone and those words had great power to change that person's life. Maybe you haven't seen that, but I imagine there have been times when your words have blessed people in an incredible way. Or think about that time when you actually forgave someone. Did you want to forgive that nasty, no-good person at that time? Did you want to do that? No. You wanted to punch him right in the nose, right? That's what you wanted to do. But then you remembered what Jesus did for you when he died on the cross for your sins. And by a miracle at that moment, you were empowered to actually forgive and to love another human being. Or think about that time when you were in a dangerous and a risky situation. Think about that time when you were so desperate for God's help that you prayed over and over again, God, save me. Think about that time when you were that desperate. You wanted to run and hide. You wanted to quit. But you didn't. Instead, you prayed in faith. You faced down your fears, and you trusted that God would walk with you through your crisis and out the other side. Was that a miracle that you kept going at that time? I think it was. God then has done miracles through your faith. So how do I know if I have faith? I have faith if I do good works sometimes even mighty works that flow naturally from a heart that trusts in God. After we trust that Christ died for our sins on the cross, and after we repent of those sins, what do we understand? 
we understand what James says in James 2 and verse 26. Let's read that verse together. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. We are not then saved by our good works. We are only saved by faith in Jesus Christ. But if you do have faith in Jesus Christ, what will that necessarily lead to? Good works. You must do those good works as a sign of your faith. Finally, you have faith if you suffer well for God's sake. Most Christians that I know, we love the stories of faith in verses 32 through 34. We love to hear about God doing miracles through his people. We say, yeah, sign me up for a faith like that. I want to do miracles too. I want to conquer. I want to do great things for God. But then we get to verse 35, and we read about a different kind of faith. We read about how some Christians were tortured. Then in verse 36, we read about how some Christians were mocked and flogged. They were given chains and imprisonment. Verse 37, we read that some with faith were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They were destitute, afflicted, mistreated. Now, when you read of what happened to these Christians, you might think, you know what, I'm not really sure if I want to have faith anymore. This sounds really hard. It sounds like those who walk by faith suffer greatly. And that is 100% correct. The Bible is full of stories of people who suffered greatly for God. So if you are suffering today, that does not mean that you do not have faith. Don't believe the lie that Christians are people who should be living your best life now. Can I tell you something? If I am living my best life now, I'm going to be really disappointed when I get to heaven. Right? I mean, how can I be living my best life now if heaven is as great as it is? It makes no sense. But I am not in heaven yet. I am still on this earth. And the last time I checked, life on this earth is full of pain and full of suffering. So it is wrong then to believe that people of faith never suffer. It is not only wrong to believe that Christians never suffer, it is foolish. It is foolish because of what Jesus himself once said. Let's read Jesus' words from John 15 and verse 20. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If you are following Jesus by faith, you are going to suffer in the same way that Jesus suffered. So how do I know if I have faith? I have faith if when the times of suffering come, I suffer well. 
I don't quit. I don't give up. I don't say, well, Jesus doesn't love me anymore, so I guess it's over. It's not what I do. I persevere in faith. I suffer well. That's what I do if I have faith. I trust that this season of suffering is for God's glory and ultimately for my good. I trust Jesus like the people in verse 35 trusted Jesus. These people were tortured for their faith. Do you know how the torture could have ended? If the people would have simply said, I I don't believe in Jesus anymore. I don't love him anymore. If they had merely said that, the torturing would have ended. But they didn't. Instead, they preferred to be tortured than to reject Jesus, their Savior. It's pretty remarkable, isn't it? What incredible faith these people had. How could they do such a thing? Because verse 35 says that they might rise to a better life. There's that word better again that the writer of Hebrews loves so much. The first part of verse 35 says that some women receive back their dead by resurrection from some Hebrew prophets. These children who had died were raised up to life again to live out their lives on this earth. Then when they grew older, of course, they they died once again. But those who suffer well for Christ, what kind of a resurrection will they receive? They would rise again to a better life. They would rise to life in heaven where they would never die again, where they would be with Christ for all eternity, and their days would be nothing but joy and gladness. Is that a better resurrection than resurrection to life again on this earth? Absolutely. Can you see why the writer of Hebrews says that for those Christians who keep their faith and suffer well, that the world was not worthy of them, according to verse 38. The world had rejected and despised such Christians of faith, just like the world despised and rejected Jesus. Suffering, then, is not a sign that you lack faith. You will suffer in this life. That is a guarantee from Jesus. And when you suffer, Only faith will get you through it. Church, faith has certain marks to it. We have looked at four different marks for people of faith from Hebrews 11 today. People of faith value Jesus more than they value the world. People of faith believe even when God does not make much sense. People of faith see God do mighty things through them, and people of faith suffer well for God's sake. Is there one of these four marks where you say to yourself, well, I'm not really sure if I see my faith in this area. I need for God to help me to live out my faith in this way. I would encourage you, if that is the case, to make this sign of faith, a matter of prayer for you. I would encourage you to pray about this, 
Pray for God's help in this area where you do want to live out your faith. Let us press on in faith as God's people. And let us show our faith both to ourselves and to a watching world. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for the gift of faith that you have given to us. Thank you that you have given us this blessing. Lord, it is not always easy to live out our faith. Sometimes we are tempted to quit. We are tempted to give up. So I pray for your people here today. May we, as your people, live out our faith in strength. May we persevere. May we walk with you all of our days so that we will receive our reward in due time. In your name we pray. Amen.